Welcome to Rebecca Reads. Before we get started, I just wanted to apologize for the breaks in episodes lately. My entire family got sick, including me, and while I've been better for a couple weeks, it's taken a lot of effort to get everything back to normal. Thank you for your patience and staying with me, even if I haven't been here every week. I should be back to a normal schedule from now on. Today's story is The Emperor's New Clothes. This story was originally written by Hans Christian Andersen. The version I'm reading to you today was translated and written by Alice Corbin Henderson. Anderson based this story on one found in a medieval Spanish collection of tales and folk tales from various sources. There is also a version of this story that comes from India. Anderson had sent this story to the printers when he suddenly realized he wanted to make a change. So he ran down to the printers and made the change. Instead of just the people in the town noticing the emperor's predicament, he changed it to a child first calling out the truth. No one is certain why he made this change. One story, which I think might be the reason, is from when Anderson was a child himself. His mother and he were in a crowd, waiting to see King Frederick VI. When the king showed up, Anderson cried out, Oh, he's nothing more than a human being! His mother was embarrassed and tried to silence him. He might have remembered this when thinking that it was perfect for a child to state the truth with boldness. You children are never afraid to tell people how things really are. Don't forget to stay after the story for this week's poem. And now for The Emperor's New Clothes. Many years ago, there lived an emperor who thought so much of new clothes that he spent all his money on them. He did not care for his soldiers. He did not care to go to the theater. He liked to drive out in the park only that he might show off his new clothes. He had a coat for every hour of the day. They usually say of a king, he is in the council chamber. But of the emperor, they said, he is in the clothes closet. It was a happy city in which the emperor lived, and many strangers came to visit it every day. Among these, one day, there came two rogues who set themselves up as weavers. They said they knew how to weave the most beautiful cloths imaginable, and not only were the colors and patterns used remarkably beautiful, but the clothes made from this cloth could not be seen by anyone who was unfit for the office he held or was too stupid for any use. Those would be fine clothes, thought the emperor. If I wore those, I could find out what men in my empire were not fit for the places they held. I could tell the clever men from the dunces. I must have some clothes woven for me at once. So he gave the two rogues a great deal of money that they might begin their work at once. The rogues immediately put up two looms and pretended to be working, but there was nothing at all on their looms. They called for the finest silks and the brightest gold, but this they put into their pockets. At the empty looms, they worked steadily until late into the night. I should like to know how the weavers are getting on with my clothes, thought the emperor. But he felt a little uneasy when he thought that anyone who was stupid or was not fit for his office would be unable to see the cloth. Of course, he had no fears for himself, but still he thought he would send someone else first, just to see how matters stood. I will send my faithful old minister to the weavers, thought the emperor. He can see how the stuff looks, for he is a clever man, and no one is so careful in fulfilling duties as he is. 
So the good old minister went into the room where the two rogues sat working at the empty looms. Mercy on us, thought the old minister, opening his eyes wide. I can't see a thing. But he didn't care to say so. Both the rascals begged him to be good enough to step a little nearer. They pointed to the empty looms and asked him if he did not think the pattern and the coloring wonderful. The poor old minister stared and stared as hard as he could, but he could not see anything, for, of course, there was nothing to see. Mercy, he said to himself, is it possible that I am a dunce? I never thought so. Certainly no one must know it. Am I unfit for office? It will never do to say that I cannot see the stuff. Well, sir, why do you say nothing of it? asked the rogue who was pretending to weave. Oh, it is beautiful, charming, said the old minister, peering through his spectacles. What a fine pattern and what wonderful colors. I shall tell the emperor that I am very much pleased with it. Well, we are glad to hear you say so, answered the two swindlers. Then they named all the colors of the invisible cloth upon the looms and described the peculiar pattern. The old minister listened intensely so that he could repeat all that was said of it to the emperor. The rogues now began to demand more money, more silk, and more gold thread in order to proceed with the weaving. All of this, of course, went into their pockets. Not a single strand was ever put on the empty looms at which they went on working. The emperor soon sent another faithful friend to see how soon the new clothes would be ready. But he fared no better than the minister. He looked and looked and looked, but still saw nothing but the empty looms. "'Isn't that a pretty piece of stuff?' asked both rogues, showing and explaining the handsome pattern which was not there at all. "'I'm not stupid,' thought the man. "'It must be that I am not worthy of my good position. That is indeed strange, but I must not let it be known.' So he praised the cloth he did not see, and expressed his approval of the color and the design that were not there. To the emperor he said, It is charming. Soon everybody in town was talking about the wonderful cloth that the two rogues were weaving. The emperor began to think now that he himself would like to see the wonderful cloth while it was still on the looms. Accompanied by a number of his friends, among whom were the two faithful officers who had already beheld the imaginary stuff, he went to visit the two men who were weaving, might and main, without any fiber and without any thread. "'Isn't it splendid?' cried the two statesmen who had already been there, and who thought the others would see something upon the empty looms. "'Look, your majesty, what colors, and what a design!' "'What's this?' thought the emperor. "'I see nothing at all. Am I a dunce? Am I not fit to be emperor? "'That would be the worst thing that could happen to me if it were true.' "'Oh, it is very pretty,' said the emperor aloud. "'It has my highest approval.' He nodded his head happily and stared at the empty looms. Never would he say that he could see nothing. His friends, too, gazed and gazed, but saw no more than had the others. Yet they all cried out, "'It is beautiful!' and advised the emperor to wear a suit made of this cloth in a great procession that was soon to take place. "'It is magnificent, gorgeous!' was the cry that went from mouth to mouth. The emperor gave each of the rogues a royal ribbon to wear in his buttonhole, and called them the imperial court weavers.' 
The rogues were up the whole night before the morning of the procession. They kept more than sixteen candles burning. The people could see them hard at work, completing the new clothes of the emperor. They took yards and yards of stuff down from the empty looms. They made cuts in the air with big scissors. They sewed with needles without thread. And at last they said, The clothes are ready. The emperor himself, with his grandest courtiers, went to put on his new suit. See, said the rogues, lifting their arms as if holding something, here are the trousers, here is the coat, here is the cape, and so on. It is as light as a spider's web. One might think one had nothing on, but that is just the beauty of it. Very nice, said the courtiers, but they could see nothing, for there was nothing. "'Will your imperial majesty be graciously pleased to take off your clothes?' asked the rogues, "'so that we may put on the new ones before this long mirror.' The emperor took off all his own clothes, and the two rogues pretended to put on each new garment as it was ready. They wrapped him about, and they tied and they buttoned. The emperor turned round and round before the mirror. "'How well his majesty looks in his new clothes!' said the people." How becoming they are! What a pattern! What colors! It is a beautiful dress. They are waiting outside with the canopy, which is to be carried over your majesty in the procession, said the master of ceremonies. I am ready, said the emperor. Don't the clothes fit well? he asked, giving a last glance into the mirror as though he were looking at all his new finery. The men who were to carry the train of the emperor's cloak stooped down to the floor as if picking up the train, and then held it high in the air. They did not dare let it be known that they could see nothing. So the emperor marched along under the bright canopy. Everybody in the streets and at the windows cried out, How beautiful the emperor's new clothes are! What a fine train! And they fit to perfection! No one would let it be known that he could see nothing, for that would have proved that he was unfit for office or that he was very, very stupid. None of the emperor's clothes had ever been as successful as these. But he has nothing on, said a little child. Just listen to the innocent, said its father. But one person whispered to another what the child had said. He has nothing on. The child says he has nothing on. "'But he has nothing on!' at last cried all the people. The emperor writhed, for he knew that this was true. But he realized that it would never do to stop the procession. So he held himself stiffer than ever, and the chamberlains carried the invisible train. Thank you for listening to The Emperor's New Clothes. Why do you really think everyone pretended to see the cloth when no one could? How were the rogues able to trick the emperor?' Once the child pointed out that the emperor wasn't wearing anything, why did everyone finally see the truth? What can you learn from this story? Today's poem is Ella Telephony by Laura Elizabeth Richards. It reads, Once there was an elephant who tried to use the telephone. No, no, I mean an elephone who tried to use the telephone. Dear me, I am not certain quite that even now I've got it right. However it was, he got his trunk entangled in the telefunk. The more he tried to get it free, the louder buzzed the telephy. I fear I'd better drop the song of Elephop and Telephong. And that is another episode of Rebecca Reads. 
Do you remember that I am having a story competition? I hope you're working on your stories. Please submit your fairy tales or other fun stories to Rebecca Reads Podcast at gmail.com by March 31st. The winner will have their story read right here on my podcast. I'm so excited to read them. If you enjoy this podcast, please leave me a review or tell your friends about it. Keep reading and join me next week for another episode of Rebecca Reads.